Section 18 of Captain Cook by Walter Besant. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 10. The Third Voyage, Part 4. One can hear the talk of the wardroom when this journal is read. They lament continually their departure from fair Tahiti. They have no word of praise for the people in these cold latitudes. They are the most filthy set we ever met with. As for the women, I don't remember that more than two or three of them came off to the ships. They were dressed nearly in the same manner as the men, and like them had the most dirty appearance imaginable, being far unlike the blooming beauties of the tropics. He says nothing at all about a very curious circumstance mentioned by Cook, which would have increased his disgust had he observed it namely that some of the people brought half-eaten and half-roasted human heads and hands and offered them for sale there is probably some mistake as in no part of north america were the people ever cannibals though they were so unattractive to these poor fellows sick with longing for the delightful fruits and soft airs and blooming beauties of the tropics they managed to afford a certain amount of amusement they used frequently as they lay alongside in their canoes to entertain us with their war songs and a very curious kind of masquerade dance in which they put on large wooden masks of various forms and colours and shifted them with great dexterity the greater part of them resembled the face of a man the features were cut out larger but very expressive and well executed and represented a number of droll gestures and distortions they had hair eyebrows and teeth to them and were painted very curiously some of them were made to resemble the heads of wild beasts and others that of a bird with the bill to open and shut at pleasure the two latter ones they frequently made use of in hunting by way of deception to decoy those animals near them that they were in search of the people and place occupy two long chapters very carefully put together in the history it seems certain that cook and anderson to both of whom we are indebted for these chapters never communicated to the other officers the orderly and methodical system of research into manners and customs which they brought to their own work among the natives in many respects the methods recommended by modern students of anthropology might have been based upon those followed by cook and his sagacious assistant on leaving the sound the ships proceeded northward along the shore here the history becomes little more than a log showing the course the discoveries of islands inlets rivers and headlands there is not a word in cook's journal to show that the ship's provisions were anything but abundant it is from gilbert that we hear of short commons and grumbling but it must be remembered that the captain fared no better than his officers or his men here says gilbert a boat was sent on shore with a few people to haul the seine for fish we caught several cod alongside with hook and line which were a most welcome acquisition to us being almost starved with hunger a few days later there is another welcome acquisition four or five small canoes came off to us with one or two men in each and brought with them a few fresh salmon which we purchased and heartily wished for more these serving only to raise our desires for what we could not procure as they did not come off to us again 
happily being becalmed off an island they caught a great quantity of halibut afforded us an excellent feast for four or five days in common gratitude they named the island after the fish and for all i know the island still bears that name in these seas there was a great deal of fog and the shores were still covered with snow on august fourth william anderson the surgeon and observer died of consumption from which he had long been declining gilbert mentions the circumstance without any comment the captain says of him he was a sensible young man an agreeable companion well skilled in his profession and had acquired considerable knowledge in other branches of science the reader of this journal will have observed how useful an assistant i had found him in the course of the voyage and had it pleased god to have spared his life the public i make no doubt might have received from him such communications on various parts of the natural history of the several places we visited as would have abundantly shown that he was not unworthy of this commendation it seems rather cold praise but it is a true and faithful acknowledgment of duty and as much as could be expected of a man who loved nothing but work and saw no special merit in a man's working his best as for the observations referred to they are as i have already explained incorporated in the history of bishop douglas anderson's papers were all handed over to the admiralty but those which concerned natural history were given to sir joseph banks poor anderson was fated to receive scant praise banks could only say of him that had he lived he would have given to the world something that would have done him credit this great mass of observation was incorporated with cook's journal is not that creditable to anderson one would have liked a little more about anderson who interests us above all the rest of the company which followed cook gilbert might have told us that he was ill he might at least have said a word as to the way in which his death was received but that is not a sailor's way when a man dies the event is recorded and the body dropped overboard that is all his place is filled up and nothing more is said the cold and fogs met with in this part of the voyage clearly accelerated the end of anderson they proved trying to the whole crew as is evident from gilbert's journal he gives us at this point an account of the seahorse which shows considerable powers of observation the details concerning the preparation of the carcass for food are wanting in cook's account he says by seven o'clock in the evening we had received on board the resolution nine of these animals which till now we had supposed to be sea cows so that we were not a little disappointed especially some of the seamen who for the novelty of the thing had been feasting their eyes for some days past nor would they have been disappointed now nor have known the difference if we had not happened to have one or two on board who had been in greenland and declared what animals these were and that no one ever ate of them but notwithstanding this we lived upon them as long as they lasted and there were few on board who did not prefer them to our salt meat here now gilbert's account of these animals and of the delectable food they afforded during this cold and disagreeable passage we met with great numbers of sea-horses but why they are so called i can imagine for they bear not the smallest resemblance to that animal they are about the size of a large ox and have a thick hide thinly covered with short bristly hair their heads are very small 
and it is the only part about them that has the least appearance of a beast the rest of the body being like a fish the hinder parts tapering and terminating in a couple of fins about two feet long instead of feet having likewise one upon each shoulder with which they swim faster than can be imagined but more slowly upon the ice they have two large white ivory teeth like those of the elephant projecting with a small curve downwards from their upper jaw which are from one and a half to two feet in length and nearly parallel to each other at about five inches distance and end in a point at the outer extremities that they are endued with a greater share of sagacity and understanding than the generality of animals will appear from the following instance when they went to sleep a great number of them assembled upon a small piece of ice separated from the rest and only just large enough for that purpose that they may the more readily get off from it into the water in case of the approach of an enemy i believe the only one they are apprehensive of is the white bear which is likewise amphibious and being much nimbler upon the ice than they are has there greatly the advantage of them but in the water the seahorse is the swiftest and most formidable on account of its teeth therefore to prevent being surprised in their sleep they always appoint one as a sentinel and place it in the middle to keep watch over them during that time which charge is strictly and faithfully performed keeping the four parts of its body erect and an attentive eye all round as we approached them with the ships they would lie very quiet till we came within two cables lengths of them when the one that had the watch would make a great noise to alarm the rest upon which they all began by degrees to raise their heads and shoulders and look round them and then crawl to the edge of the ice and plunge head foremost into the water so that by the time we had got within half a cable's length of them there would not be one remaining the noise they make is a mean between the barking of a dog and the bellowing of an ox we hoisted out our boats to get some and with great difficulty killed and brought on board eight or ten of them for although we rowed ever so softly yet by the time we got within good musket shot it was a great chance if there were any left and unless we fired at them upon the ice it was twenty to one that we could hit them in the water as they dive immediately they will in general bear three or four balls in their body before they are killed except in their heads and then one is sufficient their affection for their young and even for one another is very great and remarkable for wherever one of them got wounded in the water if any of the rest were near they would come to its assistance and carry it off if possible at the risk of their own lives but if by chance we had killed one of their young the mother would come and make every attempt to rescue it from us and even try to upset the boat it was in by hooking the boat's side with her teeth which she would follow till she was killed all the time making a lamentable noise and showing every sign of real parental distress after we had got them on board they were skinned and cut up by the butcher the hides we preserved for the rigging the blubber or fat we put into casks to melt down into train oil for our lamps and the flesh disgustful as it was we ate through extreme hunger caused by the badness of our provisions and short allowance which were but just enough to exist upon and were now reduced on account of this supply the quality of which will be best described in the several preparations it went through 
before it was possible to eat it in the first place we let it hang up for one day that the blood might drain from it which would continue to drop for four or five days when permitted to remain so long but our hunger would not allow of it at first after that we towed it overboard for twelve hours then boiled it four hours and the next day cut it into steaks and fried it and even then it was too rank both in smell and taste to make use of except with plenty of pepper and salt and these two articles were very scarce amongst us however our hunger got the better of the quality and in the quantity we found some comfort having as much of it as we could eat which was what we had been a long time unaccustomed to we salted some of it by way of experiment which after lying two or three weeks we found was a little improved but still could only be eaten by such as were at the point of perishing with hunger and where no other food was to be secured the most northerly point reached was in latitude sixty nine degrees thirty six minutes they were then in the region of the polar ice as there was but little wind the captain went out with the boats to examine the state of the ice and the manner of its formation he arrived at the conclusion since fully confirmed that it is vain to expect that these seas are ever free from ice or to believe that the sun of an arctic summer is ever strong enough to melt the ice formed in the winter i am of opinion he says that the sun contributes very little toward reducing these great masses for although that luminary is a considerable while above the horizon it seldom shines out for more than a few hours at a time and often is not seen for several days in succession it is the wind or rather the waves raised by the wind that brings down the bulk of these enormous masses by grinding one piece against another and by undermining and washing away those parts that lie exposed to the surge of the sea this was evident from our observing that the upper surface of many pieces had been partly washed away while the base or under part remained firm for several fathoms round that which appeared above water exactly like a shoal round an elevated rock thus it may happen that more ice is destroyed in one stormy season than is formed by several winters and an endless accumulation is prevented but that there is always a remaining store every one who has been upon the spot will conclude and none but closet-studying philosophers will dispute the journal here resumes the baldness of a log the ship's course was southward again among the islands off alaska on one of them cook remarks we found a heath abounding with a variety of berries gilbert as usual expresses the emotions of the crew at the discovery of these berries this part of the coast which is very mountainous inland but toward the shore is of a moderate height and thinly covered with small pines this being the first wood we had seen since we had left cook's river it was quite a new sight to us and appeared very delightful we found hurdle and craneberries here in great plenty which proved a far more delicious treat to us than the fruits of the tropical islands being at present in much greater want of them yet we got but few as we were allowed to go on shore only for a very short time we took in some water here and a great quantity of wood the beach being almost covered with old trees and branches that had drifted upon it as we could not get any farther with the ships two boats were sent well armed under the command of mr king our second lieutenant to examine the head of the sound and discover if the land on the south side joined to this on the north 
we saw about twelve of the natives from whom we purchased several salmon trout which were very acceptable to us after three days we weighed and stood over to the other side of the sound which is here about seven leagues across and anchored within a bluff point that stretched a little way out and formed a small bay to the westward of it we landed and found great plenty of berries and a few currant bushes but they had no fruit left upon them we gathered great quantities of an herb that grows here to make use of in lieu of tea which has a very agreeable flavour and is the same kind that is used by the indians of hudson's bay in newfoundland among these islands and on the coast of kamchatka they fell in with russians from whom they got such information as these settlers could give and the sight of their charts it was not until the end of october that cook finally left unalashka and steered south appointing the sandwich islands as the place of rendezvous for the discovery during this voyage in the north pacific twelve hundred leagues of coast were examined and the sea traversed in many directions no other navigator had ever done so much for this part of the world yet the expedition failed in its main object and found no northeast passage on december first the resolution reached the sandwich islands once more and discovered the islands of Maui, Maui, and Ohaihi, Hawaii. Gilbert again expresses for us the satisfaction of the crew upon arriving at a place of rest and refreshment after this long voyage. The joy that we experienced on our arrival here is only to be conceived by ourselves or people under like circumstances, for after suffering excess of hunger and a number of other hardships most severely felt by us for the space of near ten months we had now come into a delightful climate where we had almost everything we could wish for in great profusion and this luxury was still heightened by our having been at a shorter allowance of provisions this last passage than ever we were at before having procured a sufficient supply to last us four or five days we stood off and worked up along shore to the southeast, keeping at the distance of five or six leagues from the land. When our stock on board began to grow short, we went close in and traded for more, and then stood off again. This we continued to do for ten or twelve days till we weathered the southeast point of the island, which is called by the natives Mowi. We have now arrived at the last act in the life of Captain Cook as regards the people who were to be his murderers almost his last words express his confidence in the natives and his satisfaction with their conduct i had never met with a behaviour so free from reserve and suspicion in my intercourse with any tribes of savages as we experienced in the people of this island it is to be observed to their honour that they never once attempted to cheat us in exchanges nor to commit a theft they understand trading as well as most people and seem to comprehend clearly the reason of our plying upon the coast we moored with stream anchor and cable to the northward unbent the sails and struck yards and topmasts the ships continued to be most crowded with natives and were surrounded by a multitude of canoes i had nowhere in the course of my voyage seen so numerous a body of people assembled at one place for besides those who had come to us in canoes all the shore was covered with spectators and many hundreds were swimming round the ship like shoals of fish we could not but be struck with the singularity of the scene 
and perhaps there were few on board who ever lamented our having failed in our endeavours to find a northern passage homeward last summer to this disappointment we owed our having it in our power to revisit the sandwich islands and to enrich our voyage with a discovery which though the last seemed in many respects to be the most important that had hitherto been made by europeans throughout the extent of the pacific ocean these are the last written words of captain cook if indeed he did write them which only bishop douglas can tell us it is singular not only that his confidence should prove so mistaken but that he should also so greatly exaggerate the importance of this new discovery what is hawaii what are all the sandwich islands together compared with new zealand and australia End of section 18